We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm up your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the flu and cold season. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com backslash CMOS. Again, that is athleticgreens.com backslash CMOS to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. What's up, CMOS girlies? I'm coming to you live from Copenhagen. How are you doing over there, Emma? I'm great. I'm coming at you guys live from my apartment in New York City. Yeah, the hour difference between Kate and I is kind of crazy. Like every single time I wake up, I'm like, oh, Kate has already lived like a full day. And it's like really hard for me to wrap my brain around everything. But I'm great. It's kind of like gloomy in New York. But, you know, it's kind of fun, fun vibes in the city, I suppose. I'm wearing my favorite fun little dress and I've gotten lots of compliments. And yeah, I've just been having a cute little, cute little day. How are you, um, Kate? Yeah, you know, it's my computer still says 304, but it's actually 904 here. It's been very disorienting whenever I'm texting you for stuff because I'm like trying to calculate like what you're doing throughout the day. Like one day when I was going to go post the first meme, I was like, oh shit, it's literally 7 a.m. And I've already, yeah, done a lot of things. Um, and then, you know, I'm going to have our little food Twitter and I've been posting stuff and it's like I was awake and I'm eating a burger like and I've had cake and ice cream in the day. Um, but wow, Copenhagen's a cleanse. I love it. It's the biking is exceptional here. Like I already knew that was like a lot of the reason I kind of want to come here. I've always been inspired by the fashion scene and just, it's very similar properties to New York, but there are like protected bike paths everywhere. Like you're not risking your life with like the Grubhub bikers. Like you are in New York. There's like no rats, no sewer stuff. It's very clean. Like anytime you go to roads are probably paved. I'm sure. Yeah. Like no construction everywhere. Um, every time you you go to Europe, you realize like, oh, wow, like the most normal person here is just like dressed better than the most normal person in the United States. Like people are more professional. Like if you wear sweats on the airplane, that's like taboo. Um, so it's been really good. Yeah. I've been biking everywhere. My hotel has like a bike rental thing you can do every day and just been vibing. I've been eating the most random shit ever. Like, absolutely. I've been running like poorly terribly but I think it's just because I've been biking a lot more so it's been fun um no real like I don't know updates beyond that I've been trying to like work and catch up on emails but I'm just kind of like doing it from my phone and it's like so hard to be a girl boss but 
you know, we've had our little girl boss work sessions about supple and we had a podcast interview that we're going on yesterday. So we're still out here. Yes, we're still out here, but you know what? You're on vacation. You deserve to kind of like live a bit. Um, you are very hardworking. So yeah, it's good to, you know, not answer emails for once in your life, but getting into kind of like weird food stuff. I feel like I've been eating very randomly as well because I am at this point where I have accumulated so like I'm very, I'm very blessed with all the food packages that I've been receiving from various DTC brands. But let me tell you, like I am in my hoarding era. I have stuff in like literally like my closet. I have stuff that's like stacked on top of my like plates and bowls. I have like no room in my fridge, still taking up my harmless harvest. But with that, you know, I figured I'd give you guys some like little food reviews of stuff that I have tried and consumed. Um, Goodsmart, which is like a subscription snack box. They also have a location on Lafayette Street in Manhattan. We're going to do like some interview with them at some point. Um, Mm -hmm. They sent Kate and I a little package of random foods and, you know, just like kind of like literally you name it. But one of the things that I want to call out is they're called these like confetti veggie chips. And so they're just like dehydrated vegetables that like whatever have seasoning they're like a cracker or chip and I wasn't like skeptical at first like I never buy things like that just because they're usually like expensive for like what it is but let me tell you these these are divine the dehydrated mushroom yum blissful different some hummus love her I'm gonna like add the rest into my salad can I interject confetti does it taste like like no so the brand is confetti the brand's confetti but they're just like dehydrated like veggie chips you know um like there's mushroom. I think there's like a green bean or like an okra then like whatever, like potato or squash. I'm making up vegetables. Okay. That's safe. Um, so it. if you ever see this brand confetti, yeah, go get them. Another thing that I've received in the box, I've always have seen these, but like, they're those stupid, like annoying millennial, like colored, like bottle lattes. I think the brand's called like pop and bottle. They have like mocha flavor, whatever, matcha, et cetera. Again, I never buy those because they're like $6 and it's like no caffeine, but I'm like mad at how good they are like really really mad at how good they are I had the yeah the mocha one and it was delicious so that's kind of like my little food moment that I've been having I also have been considering I tweeted this that I'm kind of debating whether or not I like start sprouting my own alfalfa sprouts Kate I know you used to do this back in the day when you were like on your true hippie shit yeah, but they were talking yeah. about it like on a mind body green podcast. And I'm like, you know what? I can pick up another hobby as if I like don't already do enough already, but I'm considering. Am I, I going to actually fall through with it? Probably not. I'm going to get back on it. So yeah, when we went to Perlanda or we mm-hmm. went there once and I went back, it's a health store in Brooklyn. You know, I don't really feel like walking a bridge or biking a bridge to go to a health store when they were playing in Manhattan. Yet when I'm in a quirky, weird mood, I do. And we did that a few summers ago and they sold like the fuck I don't remember the brand but they they make a sprouting seed jar it's just a very large jar and then at the top of it it has like holes in it you could just entirely make this out of a mason jar but it's like could hold probably like 62 ounces of water so it's a very tall long jar and I was sprouting stuff for a while yeah you just like buy broccoli seeds and then like put water in it and put it in a dark cabinet and it would work sometimes like hit or miss kind of because it would get moldy Uh, that's kind of one thing I discovered with it but it would give you a lot of fucking sprouts. Like when you buy the small packages, it would probably make that many in three days. So like, I honestly, I'm inspired, but I tweeted a reply to your, you guys are probably thinking it's so funny. Emma and I both have like burner Twitter accounts where we just read each other's thoughts. Like it's, that's it. 
And you tweeted that and I go, hmm, was someone listening to Mind, Body, Brain this morning? Because I heard the exact same note in the podcast. Um, once again, the twin telepathy is there. But yeah. food moments here I've been having, um, you know, I'm not someone that gets baked goods often. So I feel like I'm not someone that could like rank, you know, baker. Like everyone's like, oh my God, this croissant, you have to go here, it's to die for. And I'm like, I don't eat croissants on the daily. So like any croissant would probably be fine. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, versus if someone had like a bad broccoli, I would be able to tell. So I like hiked my ass across town to like go to all these like spots that people were recommending and like stuff was good, but I had like the best meal of my life just now at La Benchina. It's a farm to table restaurant. You get there and you can like go in the sauna and then jump in the river. And yeah, the food was like served outside. It was just like people were vibing on this like little river area or like stream maybe. Um, but I got mackerel, which is like a sea moss really essential. And it was incredible. Um, so yeah, that spot was like, I think it was just like one of the most beautiful, I feel like moments I've ever had in my life where I'm like, wow, like the sun is shining. Like I like where I am now in life. And like, I feel, you know, in control of my destiny and my future in a way and not like I'm spiraling out of control and like all that type of stuff. So, um, it was a very nice meal for me, but I'm definitely excited to get back to New York and, um, eat some arugula because I have not seen vegetables in a, a little bit over here. Love that for you. Yeah. So the macro meal and it looked divine, but kind of getting into like my mushy segment that I wanted to, to discuss or bring up. Um, you know, Kate and I have obviously been trying to pursue supple. We're trying to fundraise right now. It's a very like eye-opening, interesting process to say the least. And, you know, one thing that I've been like reflecting on a lot is just that like, you are capable of actually doing anything. Like, yes, I like am insecure in some aspects of my life, but I think like, I've never have really have ever had like imposter syndrome. And I always have like believed in myself when like no one else has. And I think that's how I've been able to accomplish the things that I've wanted to accomplish in my life. Um, at times when like, you know, maybe I didn't fully think it was possible, but I just like want everyone else to know that like, whether, you know, you're applying, well, you already probably have applied for colleges, but you're going to be like a senior in high school. You're going to start the college application process. If you're someone who's like looking for jobs, just like know that like you, you will get the thing that you want. Like, yes, you have to put in the work and everything, but I think like, honestly, the biggest thing is just like believing in yourself. So that's just kind of me speaking about like simple stuff, but like, you know, who knows when this wall kind of like, you know, get launched and whatnot, but I am still hopeful. And, you know, it's been, yeah, a humbling experience just because I'm sure people are like curious on how that process is going for Kate and I, um, no like major updates really, but again, you know, every meeting is this, you know, gets us to the next meeting that can maybe lead to a potential. Yes. Yeah. I think adding on to that, I feel like for me with like, you know, relationship with confidence and stuff like that, I think I get really, I used to be very emotional roller coaster. I still very much am. I think I'm a water sign. Is that a Scorpio? Right. I don't know. Someone correct me on that if I'm wrong. But when I was, you know, in high school and stuff, I was like my up, my highs were so high and my lows were so low that it just felt like nothing was ever like in like homeostasis ever in my life. Like I was just living on the extremes and I'm still very much like that where I really am like, you know, if I fall for someone, I fall all in. Like I'm very head over heels in that aspect. If I'm pursuing someone, I'm going to go balls to the wall. Like it is really hard for me to slow down and relax. Like that's something I've had to work on. And I think for me with this same theme of like being capable and like self-confidence is that I used to get so upset when the worst things happened to me. So like when I was in the college recruiting process for volleyball, like the coach at Columbia was like, 
emailed me and that was my dream school and everything like sorry we actually committed to an outside hitter that's six three and you're only six feet tall and when I got that I literally was crying hysterically for five hours five hours now in retrospect I would have fucking hated going to that school you had like a core curriculum you're not in the city like I would have not loved it like the coach there also got fired and my coach got fired so it's like all these decisions and setbacks like I didn't get the LSAT score that I really wanted and I didn't really go to law school, but now I'm literally in Copenhagen doing like whatever the fuck I want. And then I get to pursue supple. So like, I think it's really good to reflect on big stepping points you've had in the past and be like, those weren't the end of my life. I think about a lot of guys that I was like, ah, he's the one, he's the one. And I'm like, fuck, happy that he go, like he went away, you know, he was not the one. So I think it's really hard to cede control and I feel like I said this a long time ago on the pod but I was reading the book called when things fall apart by I forget the fucking author I'm so sorry on that one but it was talking about like life happens in the uncertainty you know when you're controlling everything in your life that's not like where the memories are made like I don't remember eating my fucking mackerel arugula salad in New York every single day but I remember like the random shit that happens to you when you're not looking for it so that's our that's our mushy gushy section um but today is brain health. You know, you girlies, we got to stay smart, you know, just focus, use our brains as much as we can. Emma, any comments um, on that? Yes, exactly. I feel like um, we'll get obviously more into this after we cut and do an ad and everything. But yeah, help brain health, something that many of us probably don't think about. You probably don't think about it until you're like 50 or 60 when you're starting to get to that place where, you know, you might start experiencing sort of some sort of like mental decline, I suppose. But we're going to try to make this like interesting. It's a very dense episode. I will say that. So, you know, get out your notepads, um, you know, take notes on your Google doc on your phone. I was literally typing up notes for this at a coffee shop, little, little canal on like Essex street and dime square earlier today, searching Jail. against the oil yesterday. I was walking the bridge doing research and I like ended up on metropolitan Ave. Um, so, you know, yeah, wild things occurring for me over here for when it comes to, uh, doing podcast stuff, but yeah, let's um, plug this ad in and then let's get into the show. Let's get into the show. You know, I was eating chicken fingers at like, you know, 1 a.m. New York time while I was doing it. Um, so we're, we're girl bossing at all hours for UC Musk early. So let's get into the show. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, CMOS girlies, we are back with our latest sponsor to help your hormones, Funkit Wellness. Hey, Emma, what is seed cycling? I've seen those CMOS girlies make some memes about it. 
OMG, let me fill you in on all the tea. Seed cycling is the practice of eating certain seeds during each phase of your menstrual cycle to support hormonal balance. Funkit Wellness, they make it easy for you. They are the only dietitian created seed cycling kit. Now, who is seed cycling for? We think all of us CMOS girlies. If you are a CMOS girly looking to tackle your cramps, bloating, we all know we hate that one, irregular cycles, or just seeking to get in touch with your cycle, then you better check out Funkit Wellness. You can use the code CMOSGirlies at checkout. Now back to the show. Our next partner is a product that Emma and I take every single day. I started taking Athletic Greens because I wanted to find a greens powder that actually blended together. The taste is hands down the best greens powder I've been able to find. It even has a mild tropical taste and you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, adaptogens, you name it. For me, I started taking Athletic Greens because I wanted a supplement that actually tastes great. I've always known that taking a greens powder is a great addition to one's wellness routine, but I could just never get past the unpleasant taste. This completely changed once I started taking Athletic Greens. It tastes so good that I actually look forward to drinking it every morning, something I never knew was possible. Plus, Athletic Greens contains dairy-free probiotics, and let me tell you, my digestion has never been better. Another thing that Emma and I love is that it's the one thing with the best things. Athletic Greens uses the best of best products based on the latest science with constant product iterations and third-party testing. It costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the flu and cold season. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is go visit athleticgreens.com backslash CMOS. Again, that is athleticgreens.com backslash CMOS to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Okay. So I think, you know, just to kind of ground everyone be like, you know, why is brain health important? Again, like a lot of us, I feel like think about more like the physical aspects when it comes to health or like, you know, getting sick and whatnot, but like your brain is also like part of your body and it's like important to like, you know, ensure that it is also in good health. And so the brain and the spinal cord are the two parts of your body that make up the central nervous system. And this is really like the processing center for your entire body. So like, you know, with the system, it's combining information from the body and it basically influences and coordinates like activity, like every single motion that you do, including with like creation of memories, feeling emotions, et cetera. Like literally we wouldn't be able to live without our brain, obviously. And I think one thing that's like kind of major and that I heard about in a podcast, maybe it was like Mark Hyman or whatever, but basically like changes in brain that are related to diseases, including like Alzheimer's and dementia can actually begin like 10 to 15 to even like 20 years before even you start showing symptoms. And that kind of was like, oh shit, like, you know, kind of like what you do in your twenties and thirties can have a direct influence on like how you turn out, like when you're 50 or 60. And that's why like, you know, anorexia, um, amenorrhea is like really, really problematic for in your youth. Cause then that, you know, can lead to osteoporosis and other mental health risks down the line. And I think one thing to note again, is that also like, we're going to be talking about like Alzheimer's and dementia a lot in this episode. And like Alzheimer's, yes, it can be genetic and it increases more if like, if you have more than like one family member with it, but there are certain lifestyle changes that can help reduce the risk, which we're going to break down in this episode. And we're going to talk about like different components of like brain health, et cetera. But that's just kind of like the main reason I think like why we should care about like brain health is just because yeah, what happens now could, you know, impact what happens in the future. Um, so I kind of want to get into brain gut connection first, because I know this is something that many people are probably gonna have questions about. 
it's been discussed about. I'm currently listening to This Is Your Brain on Food by Dr. Uma, which basically she talks about a lot about the brain gut connection. I think it's a very interesting topic, but you know, that feeling of like butterflies in your stomach, this can be tied to the close connection between the brain and our gut. And so we have trillions of microbes in our gut and these, you know, microbes are in direct conversation with our brain and this composition of like either good or bad bacteria can influence your nervous system and impact your overall like mental health. And so this communication between the gut and the central nervous system is through the pathways via the vagus nerve. And so this is going to be the biggest nerve that is connecting the gut to the nervous system. And there's been plenty of studies that have found that like psychological stress can impact the vagus nerve and involve in like the development of IBS and other health related issues. And then the other way that there's, you know, the brain and the gut communicate is through like neurotransmitters. And these are essentially like chemicals, which are synthesized by the brain and can trigger emotions such as like fight or flight, that butterflies in your stomach feeling, et cetera. And these neurotransmitters include dopamine, epinephrine, and serotonin. And we, many of us know that like, you know, 90 to 95% of like serotonin is made in our gut. And so, you know, when there is like some sort of like dysregulation, this can lead to and influence various diseases, whether that's like, you know, IBS or other digestive issues, but then also like a lot of like, you know, mental health related diseases as well. Not saying that like you can cure these diseases solely through food, but they can help in many aspects. Yeah. I think there's like this weird space in like health and wellness where it's very binary where I know that like, I don't know if we should do an episode about like antidepressants and all that stuff. I know that the girls at uh, Bingetopia did one and it was really good. So go listen to that. But um, I feel like there is very much a binary where it's like, you should be on antidepressants if you have mental health issues. But then there's like the total wax that are like, why don't you just eat blueberries and you will, you know, your depression goes away. Like, it's not like that if you actually have like a chemical imbalance. And so I think that's where there's like this, once again, a tension between like Eastern medicine, like, as we're going to talk about, like a lot of people are like, well, there's no clinical studies on adaptogens, but then again, it's like, well, people have been practicing this for decades. So you can't just discount that as knowledge. So that's like a, yeah, a thing about everything supplement food related with this. Yeah. And I think again, it's like, you don't have to like pick and choose. I think there again, like is a way that where they can both exist together. And that's like something that Kate and I definitely try to promote on the podcast. But so the first um, segment, I suppose, that we're going to dive into is brain and sleep. Sleep is very underrated, in my opinion. I love getting my eight hours of sleep. And I wish people, like, honestly, just if all society was getting, like, quality sleep, I think we'd all be in a much better place. But so why is sleep important for brain health? Basically, quality sleep is critical for cognitive, cognitive function. And many studies have shown that, like, sleep deprivation impacts learning and cognitive performance. Basically, because, like, this is from like your brain's inability to recuperate as the neurons get overworked if you are not getting enough sleep on a regular daily basis. Additionally, in the short term, sleep deprivation can induce effects of like effects of like being drunk, especially when it comes to like slow reaction time. I'm sure like, you know, many of us can relate to this. If you get like one really shitty night's sleep, I personally am just like a zombie and I feel off the entire day and it just like drives me insane. But Less sleep has, um, can lead to a greater possibility of Alzheimer's. And there's been studies on mice that have shown that like higher levels of plaque in the brain, like does increase. Um, and also this beta amyloid, which is like a protein, which is associated with Alzheimer's disease. Basically it kind of clumps together and starts to form plaques around your brain, which is how like Alzheimer's does develop. And so when you get less sleep, you're going to experience more of these like clumping of proteins around your brain brain. 
Lastly, when you sleep, your brain removes toxins that build up when you are awake. Toxins, again, it feels like a very like fluffy, like weird random word where I'm like, I don't even know like what that even actually like means when I'm trying to visualize that, which is like really, really hard. Um, but essentially like our brain cells are extremely sensitive to their environment. And so they build up toxins extremely easily. And these toxins can interfere with cognition, damage of the cells. And like the only really true way to clear this up is through sleep. Yeah. I feel like the same thing with sleep. And I think once you get into like a rhythm of having really good sleep, that's when it's noticeable. Like, I don't think I really had exceptional sleep until the past like few years. And so now when I miss a day, it's like, I am a a menace to society. So the next category, as we kind of mentioned in the intro, Emma did like most of the time, like cognitive health is once again, focused on like older patients. Like when we make jokes that it's like always old people in the supplement aisles, because like, that's at the point when you're seeing the most like tangible kind of like losing your health, I guess, like when it comes to Alzheimer's and dementia. Now, a lot of this does relate to, you know, your bloodline and like has hereditary implications of like, if you're going to develop it, but there are a lot of things that you can do. I feel like for me, like Mark Hyman always does podcasts about like Alzheimer's. And I feel like I don't listen to them because I'm like, I'm way too young to like care about that. But these are habits that you can like build. And I think it's good to have it in your subconscious. So like cognitive wellness overall, if you hear that phrase, it does mean like, how does your brain keep up as you age? Um, This is going to be your memory, your motor function. So it's like you hear like it's recommended for older adults to do things like go play games or do puzzles or stuff like that to keep your brain sharp or exercising, you know, and going on walks to make sure that your joints and bones are healthy. Um, When it comes to things like mental illness and kind of this like weird, you know, uh, schism I was describing before, a lot of the history like psychiatry and clinical psychology often focused on treating patients deficits. So like, what were they bad at? And now that, you know, medicine has changed and there's so many more opinions and voices that are like informing health decisions. Now it's kind of focusing on like developing our strengths and like looking at, you know, ways that you can improve your health versus just like, you're a bad person because you've like scored this poorly or like you can't do these like random tests and stuff. A lot of Western countries generally lack this mind-body connection that like is deeply rooted in Eastern medicine. Like we think, you know, push through the pain and like you're weak if you take a rest day. Uh, But these things, as we've talked about with like many of the founders, like I'm thinking of Lulu, we talked to her about like imbalances and like what kind of informed her decision to start Elix Healing is like, if you're pushing through the pain all the time, like it's going to lead to imbalances in your body, um, stress, and these things are going to make you age. It's going to slow down your brain function. So while we think that there is this like benefit of really pushing hard and hard, like it's not getting you anywhere in the long term. Um, now when it comes to things that can help like maintain a healthy, like body and brain, um, the Harvard, like medical schools said these like six factors in 2021 spot twist. They're not going to be that exciting. They're going to be things that are kind of like, okay, sorry, there's people in my hotel being crazy. Okay. I can't hear um, anything. We're okay. okay, good. I'm like, they're like freaking out. I, I can't understand it. I can't, I don't know what the hell they're saying <laughs> besides the point. Harvard decided there's six factors that help you maintain a healthy brain and body. It's not going to be fucking rocket science, okay? It's literally, like, the, the most basic things. Plant-based diet, actually, they recommended. Um, they said, like, minimal interaction with, like, dairy, like, meat, et cetera, or just, like, a thoughtful, like, sourcing when you're doing that. Um, regular exercise, which you guys definitely have already known about. Good sleep habits, stress reduction, those type of things. The other two that might be interesting um, is social involvement. 
<laughs> sorry CMOS girlies like no we can be isolated as much as you want but you like also need to like exist in society uh the reason for this is that individuals with broader and more complex social networks seem to have a more developed amygdala when they actually like studied like patients um basically like social social interaction kind of stimulates and challenges your brains in ways that solitary activities cannot so like when you're sitting by yourself all the time like you're not being like excited or surprised there's nothing that's like challenging that's like out of your control I guess that's like what they were saying is like when you're let's say sitting at a park or something it requires multiple skills like visual spatial processing of like faces and gestures this is kind of like a primal instinct of like if someone's sprinting at you gonna like kill you like your brain has to focus on that also inferring like others motivations like I fucking hate inferring if a boy likes me or not but that's something that is helping boost your brain so keep that in mind if he's like playing you you know your brain is getting better at least um and then your decisions about like how to behave with social norms so like let's say everyone is like jumping off a cliff like are you going to go jump off a cliff like your brain has to like work through those scenarios so I guess this is a sign that like go be social uh for the summer I guess I, I don't know it could help with your brain a little bit the next one is I've heard this a lot like I don't know why my mom was such a stickler about brain health as a kid like she didn't talk about like my mom was a volleyball coach like she didn't have any like medical background but whenever we were in the car she would make us these little scrapbooks print out crossword puzzles um weird like games like you know that those the oh my god this is like a core memory of for me um it's like sally it has a bunch of names let's say on the y-axis on the x-axis it has like places it's like sally had a haircut on friday and tommy was at the balloon store and where is Susie sitting? Like you had to fill this all out based on sentences and like work your brain. I think so I did the same exact thing, honestly. Yeah. I fucking love those games. Like they are so much fun. But then when I was studying for the LSAT, like that's literally what logic games are. And then I was like triggered because I was like, damn, I liked these as a kid. And now this feels like fucking punishment. But one thing that's like Harvard said is really good for your brain is challenging your brain through games. Um, there's this one thing that I did for a while called Luminosity. It's like a program and there's like a lot like them, but it, it offers like brain exercises and you can like, it kind of gives you a brain age and like tells your ability. And it's like very fun if you want to do some games, maybe. I don't know how much the girl is interested in that. Some other ideas uh, is that you could learn a new language, you could listen to or make music. So you're spiraling and just like listening to like a bunch of Spotify, like your brain is working, thinking about music, I guess. Um, card games, board games, my summer like hot girl tote bag essential is that um, I've been carrying around a deck of cards uh, and it's just fun. You know, if you're at like a bar with someone, it, it, like, maybe the conversation is just boring. If you have a deck of cards, like you're talking and you're also playing. So your brain's working. Um, it also says things like puzzles are great, traveling is great, cultural consumption is great. So if you're, you know, if you're reading a book about like what was like Baroque art like or something like that, it's stimulating your brain. And the reason I really love this section and kind of like dove into it is because like one, yeah, it's very obvious, like, oh my God, like the CMOS girls are telling me to go get eight hours of sleep. Like I want them to tell me to go take some new supplement that's going to like do all the easy quick fix for me. I like the focus of this is because it's not about products. It's about daily life activities. Like it's not this like elitist, like I need to go buy the stupid little like uh, tincture or something that's like at my local health store. Like you definitely can do that. And then I do do that. But there are a lot of like things I don't think about. Like I never am like, oh, I should go do a puzzle right now to go help my brain, you know? So I think that's a fun area that we all should explore the free things in life. 
Yes. And I think including three things in life exercise, which we'll discuss next, but also it's like, I think what you guys, I hope you get from this episode is that like, you know, honestly, like the cheapest things in life, sleep, exercise, like drinking water, like those are going to have way more like significant impacts on your health versus like you like bowing down to the gods on like this, like whatever collagen creamer, you know? Yeah. Um, so I think it's like one thing to keep in mind that like, you don't need all that bullshit stuff. Like, honestly, if you focus on the core things, like you can save a whole lot of money and probably see way more like benefits. Obviously again, like it's fun to have fun things, but they're not going to like change your life as much as like exercise. So when we exercise, our body increases the blood flow to the brain and delivers essential nutrients to the brain to do its like regular job. And the essential nutrient is going to be oxygen. It also increases the protection of key molecules that are important for brain function, particularly memory. And so the way exercise is able to improve memory is through increasing BDNF or brain derived neurotropic factor, which basically increases synapogenesis, which are responsible for making long-term memories and absorbing information. Another thing that like exercise is really great for that I'm sure everyone has heard, for, heard about is like anxiety, depression, um, and stress. One thing is that like exercise does not actually reduce stress hormones, but rather what it does do, it, it decreases, excuse me, the number of stress receptors in the hippocampus, which is part of your brain. And so when we have fewer stress receptors, it reduces the impact to stressful experiences. Thus you become more resilient. I'm going to speak from my own personal experience. And I will say that like, I have experienced this, like, especially from running, like, I feel like I've been pushing myself more like in, you know, when it comes to like physical or like whatever being like athletic, I suppose. And like, I feel like running is like, obviously like one of the more challenging, you know, sports that you can, or like exercises that you can do. And I have noticed that like, I do feel way more calm throughout the day now. And whenever I am like assigned, like a really frustrating task at work before, like whatever I started getting like more serious about like running and like exercise and whatnot, my heart would just like be like a million times per minute. I would always get like super duper stressed and like anxious, but like that has like almost gone away, which is like insane to me because like I never really thought that would be like possible for myself and like again like we all know about like the runner's high which is like definitely a real thing because when we work out we release endorphins which is responsible for like that calm and happy feeling after any sort of workout and I think that's one thing to point out that like you don't have to like wreck your body to like you know reap benefits like you can truly just like go on a walk or like do a little bit of yoga and still experience these like incredible benefits that come from exercise and yeah. again this is going to be like so through this, your body may feel like a reduction in like anxiety or depression. So exercise, I think is like, honestly, one of like the best tools that you can utilize. And I do like encourage everyone to find some sort of movement that is healthy for your body. Just because I think like, for me, I have experienced like what some of the best like benefits through movement. Agree. I think for me with running, it's the same thing of like, okay, I kind of got it not out of the way in a bad way. Like I don't look forward to my runs, but like that, like that physical effect, I like doing it in the morning. I know some people it's like, they love to unload and do it after work. Um, so I agree there. And then I think another point with exercise is that it just feels very rewarding to get better at something like to feel like you have mastered a skill, whether it's a fucking puzzle, like I was saying before, or running, seeing your pace and improving. For me, like I've noticed with exercise for me, I've bounced around a lot. Like ever since I quit playing volleyball, like I've gotten a lot better at Pilates. And that's something that like, I'm happy because it was like, oh, I've never gotten into that. Um, so always make sure that I think you're not in, like an absolutist mindset about like what exercise is best for you. Like I'd made fun of Pilates 
for years. And I was like, I will never do that. I will make, I made fun of running for years. Um, so definitely stay open to what is fun and quirky for you. Now let's get into brain and alcohol. So Emma and I are both not like big drinkers, really. I don't really know if the CMOS girlies are, I'm guessing not. Um, I also feel like this rundown we're going to get is like something you definitely got like fear-mongered through a health teacher at some point. Like, don't drink alcohol. Your brain is not fully developed. Like, I didn't drink underage. Like, I mean, maybe when I was in college, but like not in high school, my parents would have literally like whipped me and like throw me in a river somewhere. Just kidding. That was like really intense, but my parents were like so strict. Anyways, um, brain and alcohol. So like the long-term effects, I think is what people think about most like alcoholism and like the risks of that. A lot of studies have showed that like there's damage, damage brain function. If there is excessive alcohol use over a long-term study. Um, and this is like clinical study, like you could develop dementia, a lot of deficits in learning and memory, mental disorders, other cognitive damage. Like, I feel like I saw photos of like a brain as a kid. And then they would like show like a brain with like less like receptors in like a photo when I was like in seventh grade. Um, another part with like kind of overall health is like, if you're intoxicated, intoxication basically means your body can't metabolize alcohol so then when you think about like your gut microbiome and just like other food you're trying to metabolize throughout the day like it's kind of stalling that process as well um it's because like alcohol is absorbed through the lining of your stomach into your bloodstream once it's there spreads into tissues and then it like reaches your brain in five minutes and it starts to affect you within 10 that kind of depends on a lot of factors like your weight um, your body mass, all that type of stuff of like how much alcohol you need to like feel certain things. But after 20 minutes, your liver starts to process the alcohol and like the liver can metabolize about an ounce of alcohol per hour. So it once again, depends on your body mass and all that type of stuff, of like what's going to do to you. But another thing about like alcohol and like brain and like how you feel after drinking is like a hangover. We all kind of know what it is, but alcohol is a diuretic. So that makes you dehydrated and it actually causes your brain to shrink in volume. And that's kind of why like some people get throbbing headaches, dry mouth or like moodiness because your brain is like not functioning. And then like these lingering effects of alcohol also will like keep like kind of just continuing um, to impact your function. Um, after you do drink or have like a big night drinking or something like that. So the reason that like anxiety happens, which I've never had, like, I, I don't know, like the Sunday scaries and like that concept, like I don't have that because I don't go out every Saturday, but alcohol increases your dopamine. And it's kind of like when we were talking about like, if you're on birth control and it's like making fake hormones, like alcohol increases your dopamine, which then interrupts other neurotransmitters and can like wreck a havoc on your mood because it's like increasing that level so much. So that's like why the anxiety happens. And like the disruption not only makes you feel like shit, but it's going to impact your sleep. And that's another fact. Like it's all kind of a catch 22, not a catch 22, but it's like a cycle. Like, okay, you drink and then your sleep gets worse. And then you're cranky because your sleep didn't get worse or your sleep got worse, all that type of stuff. So I would say if you feel like your sleep is off and you have brain fog, dehydrated, and you are drinking, like maybe drink less. Like that could be a solution instead of going and thinking like, oh, I'm just going to buy like client's made and that will solve my problems. Not saying that you need to drink less or anything, but I think it's like, it could lead to a lot of other health effects. And like, it could be a, a silver bullet tying together all of your issues. I know I personally don't drink a lot because of how it affects my routine. I also just don't really like feel anything off alcohol. Like, I don't know. I get like, I could get drunk and stuff, but it's just like, it's not like that enjoyable for me. If I'm going to be honest, I don't know. Like, um, I also think too, like if you're someone that like prioritizes like physical movement, like 
you're just going to perform worse by nature if you are drinking. And so I just don't want like another variable in the situation for me. You could say that I'm like a freak for that, but like, like, oh, go enjoy life more. But I'm like, I enjoy my runs and I enjoy like feeling like I don't have brain fog after drinking. And also it's like, I think you can still have fun without drinking alcohol. Like I don't feel the need to like, you know, drink alcohol in order to have fun or to like make my weekends like worthwhile and I think like there is like so much pressure to go out and stuff especially being like a young person in New York but honestly like I feel way more stable and like honestly probably like happier now when I like don't drink that much and I like if I do it's like for a special occasion I think also for anyone like if you drink a lot in high school like me you kind of realize that like damn like, I feel like you just get out of your system and you just like never want to be hung over again. Like that feeling just like truly like scares me. Um, but yeah, I think just like, remember you can still have fun without alcohol, without alcohol. Anyone who says otherwise, you know, they're not your friend. Yeah. And I think it's just odd that there's this whole conversation where people are like, Oh, why aren't you drinking? It's like, why are you drinking? Like yeah. al- alcoholism is like one of the worst like killers in America. So like, why do so many people like just feel blatantly I don't know. It's just really weird. Like some things are stigmatized and some things aren't like my family, for example, weed was like, not like, I don't really think my parents did it or were around it. And so like, whenever my parents like talk about weed, it's very taboo, but then they would never question someone for drinking like five drinks in a night. You know what I mean? So I think question, like if you're ma- if you're making someone feel shitty about not drinking or drinking, like fucking grow up. And there is this like damp lifestyle and I kind of hate using the word damp. It's so fucking weird, but I've just seen it. Like there's articles about it and shit. Um, it basically is like not doing dry January or like a dry month where you're not drinking at all, but it's like reducing your drinking. So it's kind of like not lame, but it's like, you're just, it's very subjective, I guess is a better way to say it. That like you are drinking, you know, when you want to, or just like reducing the amount of alcohol you're drinking. And like, I've been seeing a lot of girls like putting their kombucha in like wine glasses and stuff. And you know, there's, there's ways to do it. I think it's, it's going to be easier if there's like more alternatives on the market. Like, I feel like in New York, you can get like Gia at places, which is like kind of a meme. Um, so yeah, I think that like doing what's best for you. I know that college, like, thank God I didn't go to a fucking traditional college. I mean, NYU, everyone probably drank, but I was just not a social butterfly. So if you're in the college stage, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Don't worry about it. You're literally never going to see any of those people ever again, probably. If you don't want to see them again, you actually don't have to. Um, next section is like brains and periods. So this is very interesting from like an eating disorder perspective, which we're kind of getting into now. So like parts of the brain undergo these like structural changes during anorexic states. So this is kind of what like I got fear-mongered by doctors, thankfully, which like snapped me out of my eating disorder is that things like reduced heart rate over time could deprive your brain of oxygen and a shrinking in the overall size of your brain, um, with like gray and white matter. So if you are struggling with getting through like, you know, a physical recovery with your eating disorder, like there are long-term health effects and we can't see the long-term health effects until like you're like at age 60 perhaps. And you like can't walk because your bones are so brittle. Um, so get scared. I would say like, if you're in that phase where you feel like yourself slipping up, like you are not being healthy by doing that. You're like hurting your future self. Um, so another thing is like the, your emotions get really de- like deregulated, irregulated when you are in an ana- like anorexic state, I guess. So the effect on the emotional centers of the brain could lead to things like depression, irritability, isolation, because your body is not getting what it needs. You might have difficulty thinking, switching tasks and setting priorities. Once again, it's like this brain fog because your body does not have enough fuel to process. 
what it needs to do. And there was a study about like patients, and this was actually on like the Emily program website. These patients all received brain scans prior to receiving inpatient weight gain treatment. And once they had received about like 90% of their ideal weight gain in treatment, they were then scanned again. And the gray matter volume of the women with an eating disorder before their treatment was much less than healthy individuals. So it basically proves that those who'd been fighting their, their illness of having an eating disorder the longest showed the greatest reductions in brain volume. So like, if you're someone, I'm thinking my past self, like perfectionists, like really high rigorous academic eating disorder, like you're fighting against yourself. Like, damn, I wonder if I could have gotten a few more points on the ACT if I didn't have a fucking eating disorder, right? Like it's, it's really sad that there is this like coupled perfectionist and like the smartest, like, you know, women or whatever, not saying like the smartest women have eating disorders, but I know there's a lot of high achieving women that are extremely critical of their body image, their food intake and all that stuff. And then they like those perfectionist tendencies get over into like developing an eating disorder. It just is like so sad to see that how like common it is, obviously. So researchers also like to kind of make you guys like not freak out. Uh, they said that they noted like while the brain's gray matter hadn't fully recovered. So like if you do have an eating disorder, like you kind of killed your brain for a bit. They believe that it would continue to normalize and like grow if you were able to maintain your weight gain. So if you are like recovered at a healthy weight, get your period back, hormones look good, like your brain will get back to like optimal function. But like, if you slip back again, you're going to be sabotaging yourself again. And I think this is just critical to think about because like your brain develops during adolescence. That's ripe time of when a lot of like young girls develop eating disorders. So just a note of caution there. Now, the next section of the pod is like about supplements and food. I don't want this to be like a eat blueberries and your brain will blow up like not blow up but like be great um so this section is kind of like just short and cheeky I feel like you like literally google like best foods for brain health best foods for libido and it's like the same fucking 50 foods so like we're not giving you guys anything new here I'm sorry on that one thing I think to pay attention to when it does come to supplements is just like nutritional deficiencies that come with a vegan or vegetarian diet um sorry, vegans, vegetarians, we both were vegans for a while. Like if you are not getting adequate nutrition, you could be like sabotaging yourself. Um, so things like B12, vitamin D, we did an episode about veganism. So just be smart and cautious with that. And when it comes to supplements, um, supplementary medications are like obviously to complement what you're eating on a single basis, but they're not approved for like diagnosing or treating or curing or preventing any disease. So if you have like a brain disease or like depression or something, once again, like walnuts are not going to like cure your depression. So the efficacy of supplements and like overall when they do study it has also been mixed because like, once again, it's the tension between these traditional practices, which have worked for decades and like Western medicine, which remain like is kind of requiring like clinical studies to be shown. Um, some things to consider like vitamin B complex, vitamin D, vitamin E, they like studied this and they said that they were like, less likely to develop dementia than the group that didn't have the vitamin E supplement. Um, but there's some more, you know, ones you might not know about that we'll chat about now. Yes. So this kind of gets more into like the herbs, um, ginkgo biloba, which I honestly don't really know much about, but what's kind of interesting that it's like one of the best selling herbal supplements on the market. Um, so the more, you know, but this is kind of considered a brain herb and it's largely because they contain flavonoids and terpenoids. And so flavonoids are these like plant-based antioxidants that can protect nerves and blood vessels. And so the reason that ginkgo biloba, again, is kind of considered this like brain herb is because it may improve memory, thinking and learning since it can help improve blood flow to the brain. 
again, one thing to keep in mind is that like research is still limited. So, you know, kind of take everything with a grain of salt. But again, like a lot of these herbs have been utilized in like traditional Eastern medicine for years and years and years. So I still think there is validity to these herbs, even though there's like little research when it comes to like Western medicine. Next is lion's mane, which I feel like girlies be knowing about. I feel like a lot of normies take lion's mane as well. Um, but this is a medicinal mushroom that has been used again, like I said, um, traditional and in traditional Chinese medicine to support neurological health. And so research is still limited, but there was one study now, keep in mind, this is only um, the group study. It only pertained to 30 um, adults. So that is like not a big population size, but so basically the study assigned 30 older adults with mild cognitive impairment to take either a lion's mane or a placebo every day for 16 weeks. And then they would administer these cognitive tests and they were given at weeks eight, 12, and 16. And the study um, found that the members who took the lion's mane showed significantly greater improvements compared to members of the placebo group. So how? So basically lion's mane contains substances that, are ben that have beneficial effects on the body and can protect nerves from getting damaged. Another thing too that I like didn't really know about until we had our interview with Lofa from Rasa, shout out Rasa, is that like medicinal mushrooms are like adaptogens, they have like a cumulative effect. So they're going to work best when you take them consistently for a long period of time, similar to exercise. And I feel like a lot of people, me included, I kind of treat adaptogens sort of just like, you know, the icing on the cake or like, I'll take it like here and there when I like feel like it or remember, but something that I've been trying to do more is like be more intentional with adaptogens and actually like incorporate them into like, you know, treat them literally like as I would with like magnesium or like any other supplement, try to like figure out a dosage that makes the most sense for me. Cause I think the issue is that like a lot of people will buy this stuff, you know, they take it once or put like a teaspoon in their coffee and they're like, I don't feel anything. And it's like, okay, well, like, were you taking this consistently at the same time, every single day? Like, were you actually being intentional with your consumption of, you know, X, Y, Z. Lastly is MCT oil, which I feel like is kind of like silly and goofy. And I feel like it's like a meme because of like keto bros, but MCT basically stands for medium chain triglycerides, which means these chains of fats or triglycerides are easier to digest to their medium length versus long chain fatty acids, which are prevalent in other foods. And so most MCT oils on the market are going to be derived from coconut oil as 50% of the fat content from coconut oil is um, MCT. And so the reason that MCT is kind of like known for like brain stuff, um, especially for Alzheimer's is because with Alzheimer's, um, it appears your brain's ability to metabolize sugar, aka glucose, and this is your brain's primary source of fuel. However, the brain is able with Alzheimer's to um, utilize ketones as a fuel source for anyone who is on a ketogenic diet, or if you know anything about keto, basically like you're reducing your intake of carbs and you're utilizing key or ketones as like your brain and body's like main fuel source. And so this is why MCT can become useful because MCT can be converted into ketones via the liver and then it passes through the blood brain barrier, which then your brain is able to utilize it as energy. Yeah. I've been taking like MCT oil with my coffee. I do feel like it does kind of help with like, not like not only satiation, but focus, um, to get into the food stuff. So the reason why food is kind of like as we said before, like sleep is going to be more beneficial than you popping a pill. Food is important because the brain is like an organ. And so it actually uses about 20% of the body's calories. So if you're not getting enough calories throughout the day, your brain can't function. Um, the first one that you hear a lot about is going to be omega-3s. Hot girls love, I hate using hot girls. What could I say? 
I, I mean, we should just make merch. I feel like girlies I, love. Yeah. CMOS girlies love omega threes, like whatever. So omega three fatty acids, like I'm sure you guys already fucking know this, but it helps like uh, repair your brain cells and also build them. Antioxidants help reduce your cellular stress and inflammation, which are linked to things like brain aging, such as Alzheimer's disease. So this is going to be things like oily fish. If you're vegan, you don't love the oily fish, go for the walnuts, go for the flax seeds. Another fun one is going to be dark chocolate and berries. Those things have antioxidants, such as flavonoids. It's going to just help with brain firing up. The last one that's like funny and quirky is like mushroom coffee. Once again, obviously like not saying that from a place of like adapting to that real but I think it's just interesting of like how mushroom coffee is like trying to take out coffee like caffeine also can help with focus so definitely feel like you can do both I feel like four sigmatic was like so ahead or like it does I don't even know if it's relevant anymore but it was just like a very early stage of like so many functional beverage companies that it's like what are they doing now I always like wonder about them because they were big for a while but yeah. yeah, that's kind of the rundown of supplements and food that you guys can incorporate if you're, you know, looking for it. I know, you know, it can sometimes be like daunting for like, you know, things to do, things to take, but hopefully this, ed- this education, this episode provided some educational insight into brain health. Um, I, know, I learned a lot from my research. Yeah. You know, play a puzzle, learn a language, play some cards, eat some oily fish, the, the big things you can do for your brain health um so yeah i'm gonna like fucking go to sleep i need to actually find a covid test and that's gonna be a fun little night walk for me um so i can get back into america tomorrow's gonna be disorienting for me because i leave copenhagen at one and i get back to new york at one or like something like that Mm, um yeah not jealous of that one at all i am going to go to trader joe's to buy some ikema um and some carrots i have not had a carrot in years and then I'm going to go and actually defrost some salmon, get my omega-3s, and you know the drill with that. So day. thank you, CMOS Girlies, for listening to the episode. I feel like we have some maybe fun, exciting interviews coming up, so stay tuned for that. Also, I got my microphone in the mail, so y'all are getting high-quality audio. Um, probably next week's pod, I do need to buy like a USB-C converter because MacBooks are shit and don't accommodate any other technology other than their own. Um, but yeah, you guys get some fun new audio from us, which will be weird. Um, but yeah, you know, we're leveling up. Yeah, we'll, we'll get those mics working for you guys next week. Thanks for listening to us, girlies. Talk to you later. Bye. <laughs>